0: That you open your Bibles this morning, the Psalm 129, as we continue with the Psalms of Ascent, um, and this is our 10th of the Psalms of Ascent, started in Psalm 120. Now, uh, after this message, we're going to take a little break in my sermons from the Psalms of Ascent. I will take a break through december and we'll restart it back in uh january and december i'm gonna be doing a christmas series dealing with uh the individuals around the birth of jesus zachariah elizabeth mary uh, and of course joseph anna simeon and be looking at that in in december maybe early part of january um So uh, just to let you know, but we will return in 2024 to the Psalms of Ascent. You know, what are you thankful for on this Sunday after Thanksgiving? Uh, There are so many things that we can be thankful for, isn't it? Uh, But most of all, if you're a Christian, the thing that you should be most thankful for is your salvation in Jesus Christ, without a doubt. Psalm 129 is a psalm of thanksgiving, and before we read Psalm 129, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word, and we're thankful for our salvation in Christ. We thank you for the deliverance that you have given us through his life, death and resurrection, and Lord, uh, may we ever be thankful, and Lord, help me, your unworthy servant, as I read and preach your word today, in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Beginning in verse 1 of one Psalm 129, many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, many a time have they afflicted me from my youth yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He has cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetops, which withereth before it groweth up. Wherewith the mower filleth not his hand nor he that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Neither do they which go by say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Now I believe in Psalm 129 that verse four to me is the key to this whole uh, chapter. The Lord is righteous. He has cut asunder the cords of the wicked. For Psalm 129 is a, a, a prayer of thanks for God's deliverance, actually his many deliverances of Israel. And I entitled this message today, Cutting the Cords of the Wicked. You see in verses 1 through 3 here in Psalm 129, where the psalmist starts out, uh, by writing that regarding Israel. That from their earliest days. They have been afflicted by enemy nations. Says so Many times they have afflicted me. From my youth may Israel now say. And he repeats this twice. Uh, they had suffered much from the very beginning. You go back when uh, Jacob or Israel. Took his family into Egypt. During that famine, his son Joseph was there. And it was peaceful and they all got along. But then, then Jacob died. And then Joseph died. And then they grew and grew. And then many, as the years went on, many years later, the Egyptians enslaved the Israelites. But God did not forget them. God didn't forget them. They were eventually brought in the land of promise. But what happened there? There they were in bondage again to the nations of Canaan. Very, uh, so many of them. The Philistines, the Mesopotamians, the Canaanites, the Moabites, the Midianites. And I could go et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just about everybody uh, oppressed them, attacked them. They were always suffering. Verse 3 is a curious uh, phrase. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. Another translation of this, the GNT states, they cut deep wounds in my back and made it like a plowed field. That sounds painful, doesn't it? Uh, But he's comparing that to what happened to Israel. They had been plowed under by their enemies, tortured by their enemies. Over and over and over again, they had suffered from affliction from the very beginning. It was... They had suffered. You know, every one of us, every human being that is born, people don't like to hear this, but is born into spiritual slavery and bondage. Before conversion, we were enslaved to the devil and our flesh. Look, at, you can trace us all back to Genesis 3 with Adam's fall and uh, what... Uh, Augustine called original sin came into the humanity through sin and depravity and it's affected us and uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 26 Paul's telling uh, Timothy on how to be a witness to people how to share the gospel and be a witness to the lost but notice how Paul describes those who are lost in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 26. Those who are without Christ. He's instructing him how to you know, interact to reach the lost, but how does he describe those without Christ in verse 26? And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by, by him at his will. Here's how the lost world is described here by Paul. They are in the snare of the devil. They're in prison to the devil. They don't realize it. And if you're here today, you're lost. You may not realize it. But you're in the snare of the devil. And you may think you're doing what I'm doing. I'm following what I want to do. But notice what it takes. They're taken captive by him at his will. His will. You're in bondage to the devil. You don't realize it. He's your slave master if you're lost here today. Uh, you're in captive to the devil. You're in captive to your own flesh. To your own uh, selfish will. In Second Peter chapter 2, in verse 19, Peter describes false teachers. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 19, and just going to read a portion of that verse where he speaks of these false teachers. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption or slaves of corruption. Hey, they're promising liberty to people. They're teaching you to follow this well way, but they themselves are slaves to sin and their own corruption. You, you see these uh, televangelists, these deceivers, so many of them are. not. I'm not saying everybody on television who preaches is uh, a deceiver, but so many of them are. And they're preaching false doctrines, health and wealth, and a lot of other nonsense. But they're in bondage to their own sin. They're in bondage to the devil themselves, for they know not Christ. You know, it can be frustrating to witness and share the gospel to those without Christ. Believe me, it can be. Because it's so clear to us who are saved, isn't it? It's so clear what you need to do. Turn to Christ. But people who are unconverted, and if you were saved, especially later in life, you maybe can relate. You you were in that situation. We all were in that situation where we were in bondage before we were saved. And we thought a lot of this was nonsense, this gospel, this law of God. We thought we were free, but you weren't free. You're in bondage if you're lost, my friends. You're in a spiritual prison, uh, and you need Christ, and it takes the new birth to save you. Uh, and i'll say that to you today if you are lost my friends you are in bondage to the devil but there's good news there's good news for you here for we go back to psalm 129 again continuing here in psalm 129 he speaks of here in these first three verses I know very, it can be very depressing about how Israel, they were in bondage. And he's he's referring uh, to, you know, when they were in Egypt and all the current, the bondages that they faced throughout their history. But then, verse four, the verse that I think is the key to this chapter, I, I just love it. The Lord's righteous, he hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Now, and I also notice in verse two, I didn't mention it. They afflicted them, but they've not prevailed against me. In other words, even though they were in bondage, they didn't ultimately prevail. Why? Because of the Lord. And if you're saved today here, the only reason you're saved is because of the Lord. That's the only reason. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. The psalmist states here that these cards of bondage that Israel suffered, that God cut them free over and over again. Think of the Exodus. One of the, well, the greatest, probably the greatest miracle of the Old Testament was in the Exodus, the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, God delivered them out of Egypt and brought them out, brought them out of bondage through his servant Moses. and uh, But but once they got out of Egypt, what happened again? They had a habit of going back into bondage. And, and let me tell you, mo- most of the time it was their own fault. Well, really all of it was all their own fault. Every time they went. You go to Judges. Judges chapter 2, which is kind of a commentary, I believe, on... On Israel during the time of the judges, especially the early part, well, the whole part, all of judges. The book of Judges is a very dark history of Israel, in that they continually, as the latter part of the of that chat of that book states, every man did that which was right in his own eyes, and that's not a good thing when you do what's right in your own eyes. But here in verses eleven through sixteen, the writer of Judges stated. And the children of Israel, this is right after Joshua died. You know, the deliverer, Moses and Joshua, led them out. Moses led them out of Egypt. Joshua brought them into the promised land. And what happened? Well, verse 11, after his death, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt. "...and followed other gods, the gods of the people that round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtoreth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And He delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And He sold them into the hands of their enemies round about." so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithsoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. God delivered them out of Egypt, brought them the land of promise and then after Joshua's death they started going after idols serving false gods and they, and they went into bondage again in the promised land because of their sin but God was merciful and would not leave them in bondage he, ra- he raised up judges uh, he raised up judges like Ophniel Deborah Gideon Samson and later Samuel. And then, during the time of the kings, he raised up David. He raised up Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, and brought and, and, but they continually went back against him. And then, years later, after the time of the kings, they were about to be destroyed. But God raised up a, a Persian queen who was actually a Jewish woman, by the name of Esther to, again, rescue them. Over and over and over again, God kept delivering them out of their problems. You know, like Israel, we often forget the Lord God. We go back in our sin. We forget, hey, that we've been delivered and that temptation of the devil comes. You know, uh, We forget. Folks, we've been saved. If you're a Christian, never forget what Christ has done for you. In Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Paul states, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Look, when Jesus died on the cross and when He rose again three days later, He broke the chains of death. That's upon humanity. And for us who are His, He has set us free. By faith in Christ. We must ever be thankful for what He has done. But so often, me and you, we forget it. And like Israel, we get comfortable. and We start following our flesh. And, the, and, and, and allowing the devil to work upon us. In Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Verses 22 and 23. Here's how the Christian life is described by Paul. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's what we always need to remember. We who are believers, we have been set free. We are free, my friends. Now, the devil wants you to think you're not free. He wants to make you think that you're missing out on the pleasures of this world. Because he's got the, the lost world in bondage, thinking that this is what it is. You know, during this time, de- de- December, and new years it's all about many first nothing about it's all about partying it's all about excess not about god or about jesus that's the way of the world we got to remember you've been set free the wages of sin is death and there's a lot of people who are working the wages of sin And the end result is not going to be pleasure. You may be getting some short-term pleasure, but it's going to be death. And not just physical death, but eternal death and fire. Eternal hell. Through Jesus, we have a greater deliverer than Moses. We have a greater deliverer than any of the judges. Any of the kings or Esther. We have the one who has broken death's chains who's broken Satan's sting. But like Israel, we have a tendency to go back. You go our early part of this, chapter 6 of Romans, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Read verse 11 with me, verses 11 through 14. And, and this is verse 11 one that we would do good to read every day. Likewise reckon or consider yourself, ye also yourselves, to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look, remember, you're dead to sin. Don't be being lured back into it. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace, my friends. Um, remember who you are in Christ. See, the Israelites, when they went into the land of, land of promise, they forgot what Moses was teaching them. They forgot the book of Deuteronomy. They forgot the law of God. And they started following their flesh and they were influenced by the nations and followed after Baal. They went into bondage again. Folks, we can use all types of excuses and I think I, I know I've used it before. You know, you sin. Well, we're all sinners saved by grace. That's true. But also when you got saved, you were given a new nature let's don't give excuses look we often hear about somebody especially pastors because they're or preachers or televangelists who falls into sin you know man i can't believe that just happened but i promise you when you hear of somebody some scandalous headline of a preacher and i'm using a preacher because they are more it can happen to a regular church member any of us That didn't just start overnight. That most likely took years. That coming. Uh, They were drawn away. Through the lust of their flesh. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember the cross. And what he has done for you. The resurrection. Galatians 5. In verse 1. In Galatians chapter 5. In verse 1. Paul told the Galatian church, which was, they were wanting to go back in the law again. So many of them were. Trying to justify themselves through the law and gospel. My good works and the gospel. You know, trying to mix it all together. Paul states in Galatians 5:1, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't go in that yoke of bondage again, Paul was telling them. But I tell you, I believe you can apply this to, to the, the, also expand that to this life, to this world. Don't go back into bondage again. Don't, don't think that these things of this world, my friends, is freedom. It's not. Christ has freed us by His death upon the cross and by His resurrection. Know who you are in Christ. Christ you have been set free. Rejoice in that. Uh, look to Him. And then going back to Psalm 129, the last four verses, uh, here is a, he prays a prayer of God of judgment upon these who have oppressed Israel, where he talks you know, let them be confounded and be turned back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetops which withers before it groweth up. Wherewith the mower filleth not his hand nor he that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Neither do they which go by say the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. He's praying for God's justice to fall upon these who have oppressed Israel. He's saying may no blessing come upon them Uh, let them all be confounded and turn back and he says let their them be like grace upon the housetops kind of like in shallow dirt that when the sun comes up it just withers away the bible says vengeance is mine saith the lord Uh, there is no there's going to be no happy outcome for the for the wicked None for those who oppress God's people. A day of justice is coming upon the enemies of God, upon the enemies of His elect people, for those who are outside of Christ. Believe me, it's coming. Uh, Nobody gets away with anything. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, we know, here's what they will hear. They, then they. Then shall he also unto them on the left hand depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. There seems to be today a fascination with Satan and the occult by many, uh, dabbling in it, playing with it. My friends it's going to be an unhappy, and it's already an unhappy ending for Satan and those who follow him. Uh, The the lake of fire is prepared for the devil and his angels and for all those who follow him, for all those who turn not to Christ. uh, Many think they can live for this world, mock God, mock his truth with no consequences, and many of them think they can live the way they want to and enter heaven I hate to say it I don't know what it is so many funerals today everybody's going to heaven everybody you go to a funeral and many times hardly any God I mean you'll hear a scripture read but it's it's so superficial I got news for you not everybody's going to heaven most aren't those without Christ they're entering a terrible eternity a day of justice will come upon them, for they refuse to turn to Christ. You know, uh, uh, it saddens me, and I'm grieved for many who I know without Christ, that I witnessed to and shared. I know what would happen today if they died. And it should burden us who are saved that they may come to Christ. Martin Luther stated all the heathen and enemies of Christ are like the grass on, on the roof. He's commenting on Psalm 129 about this grass on the rooftop that withers here. He says all the heathen and enemies of Christ are like the grass on the roof that sprouts and grows as though it will produce much, but it withers before it's fully developed. It brings no fruit and there is no blessing in it. This is the legacy of the heathen heretic and other enemies that are to the rage and storm, they ultimately vanish, leaving neither seed nor mark behind. The Christian, however, remains forever and ever. The legacy of those without Christ is a sad one, as Luther states here, to vanish, it is a Christless eternity. For us who know Christ, uh, we can rejoice in the salvation that we have received in Him. And so when we read Psalm 129, we can apply it to ourselves that, look, the Lord has cut asunder the cords of the wicked at the cross and at the empty tomb. My friends, we were set free if you're saved. If you're here today and don't know Christ, my friends, I urge you, I plead with you today. Turn to Him. It's no joke. I say this not to, you know, when people hear this, they say, you're judging me, you're condemning me. No, my friend, I'm warning you. If there was a bridge out and I saw it out and... and. and and then I was to just not tell anybody about it, or if I saw somebody's house on fire and I knew people were in there, and I didn't come and beat on your door and let you know in the middle of the night to wake up that your house is on fire, that would be a crime against you. And it would be a crime if I didn't warn you. If you're lost, you must turn to Christ. You must. He's the only hope. Do you have that hope, my friend, in Him? For us who are Christians, let us be joyful that we're saved. That there's a home awaiting us. That the cords have been broken. Uh, and let us live each and every day for Him. Not be drawn back into sin. Satan wants to do that. But to live. Not, don't do like the Israelites when they went in the promised land and forget their God Let us remember Christ every day and let us live for Him and let us share it with others. And again, if you know not Christ, please, I call for you. Repent of your sins. They condemn you, but Christ can free you. Christ will free you if you look to Him and believe upon Him today. Only in Him is there freedom. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh Lord God, we thank you today for the freedom that we do have in Christ. We who are saved. Lord, oh, we rejoice that, oh, that many centuries ago, that we were, the whole world was in bondage. But on that third day after our Lord Jesus died on the cross, Oh, the chains of death were broken when He arose. Up from the grave He arose with a mighty triumph over the foe. Oh, we we must always look back to that. We rejoice in His resurrection. And let us live in that resurrection power and live like a people of the resurrection every day and uh, and never forget that and i pray lord for any here today who know not christ that you will give them that freedom and break the bonds of sin and of satan that's on them in the name of our lord jesus christ i pray amen amen